Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and it helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. So what's the new movie called? Uh, apparently, uh, the movie critic. That's yeah, what it's called. The movie critic. critic. That's right. Because yeah. it's going to be a movie about. I don't know if it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. So there has to be lots of blood and guts. So I imagine it just being Quentin Tarantino movie of him destroying all the people that criticized his films over the years. I guess. I just don't That'd understand. Is this actually going to be his film. last movie? Uh, probably. Well, that's, that's what, what it says. Said. Yeah, that's what it says. Okay, here's the thing: is I remember watching an interview about his like writing process, and he basically from what the interview said was that he goes and he finds like a song that he likes like he has a bunch of records in some room in his house and then he just creates the playlist and then makes the movie after having created the playlist that's kind of awesome it also explains some of the weird mm-hmm. like plot lines yeah and so and so movies. i guess i'm just curious when this is going to be set or something you know what i mean it's like most of his films have some kind of I don't want to say like historical backing, Period. but it's like there's a theme. There's a yeah. There's like a time theme. Like once upon a time in Hollywood, you incorporate uh, uh, who was the crazy guy, um, and like back in the day with the long hair. Oh yeah, uh, killed a bunch of people. Hollywood. Yeah, but he's the Jeffrey Dahmer of Hollywood. What's his name? Oh, I don't know if it's Dahmer or Hollywood, but he like did the cult. He was the cult guy. Oh, I'm thinking Son of Sam. No. No. Uh, 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 oh, oh, uh, uh, I know Manson. Manson. Yes, Charles That's Manson. Thank you. Did yeah. he kill people? Uh, no, he, 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 incur- he he basically he coerced people into killing for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was his whole it, thing. Yeah. That's why he got charged. I don't really know anything about it. Okay. Anyway, point is, is it's like they all have something that the violence is created via some character, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess when you say the movie critic, like what? Yeah, what's it unless gonna it's going to be totally obscure, you know, maybe be his first like. It's my sister. Shout out to Laura. Heyo. <laughs> she just added me on Instagram, by the way. Shout yeah. out to Laura. Nice. Okay, now the pressure's on, Rebecca. You gotta be friend. You're the last member of the of the family who isn't friends with my friends on Instagram. So <laughs> that's weird. Rebecca Brunner. You need to add my friends on Instagram. I don't know that your sisters follow me. Only one of them does, I think. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Rebecca's gotta yeah. add you guys. Anyway. Um all right. Well, you are listening to the Gerda Broadcast. Um right now we're up to the, Obsessing about Quentin Tarantino because mm-hmm. 
I guess it's his last movie. Last yeah. movie. Uh, but that's not the topic of the podcast today. We're going to talk about all kinds of other stuff. Um, with me today, we've got the regular crew. Connor Herter. Gustav Wenz. All right. You guys have any shout-outs to throw out there today? Uh, I'll start. My first shout-out is to the, what's it called, Highland Regency Center here in New Ulm. The, uh, it's not an elderly care facility, but it's basically apartments for, for older folks. Uh, this is like the assisted living. Yeah, basically thing. assisted Such as living. Yourself or? No, 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 no. Oh. I was I was uh, <laughs> scouting out some apartments for Charlie though. Um, <laughs> oh, ouch. There we go. But, that uh, eighteen months really catching, you, you know. <laughs> but uh, this is the second. This week was the second time they invited me to do a brief little devotion with them on oh, Thursday cool. evenings, and so it's great to have that opportunity. And there's there's no greater audience than a bunch of people that wanted to see you succeed and these people definitely want to see you su- everybody succeed and so yeah. i encourage other members of the uh, pre-sem uh, student body to pursue that as well that's awesome nice very cool what you got guess uh <clears throat> i'll shout out professor paustian um he's been super helpful to me this past week and uh, uh what's what's go. up oh there we are okay yeah he's just been super helpful to me this past week um like in regards to uh, helping me get a routine down and uh, motivating me, uh, being a positive influence in my life when it comes to my schoolwork. And so, yeah, shout out to Professor Pausch. He's great for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a shout out to uh, the MVL MVL folks. The uh, It was really cool to – so uh, MVL's Mich- – uh, Michigan, goodness gracious, <laughs> Minnesota Valley Lutheran high school here in new Ulm, and they i don't know if it's the furthest they've ever been in the playoffs for boys basketball but they made it a long way um and so it's been real fun to go watch their games in the last couple of weeks so we've been to i only went to three of them i hadn't really watched them play throughout the season but i know a bunch of kids on the team um and then nick Cresson, who is a uh, teacher here in town he's been on the podcast a few times the vanilla gorilla it, he uh, he coaches football over there so they mm. yeah lots of connections so we went to a bunch of games together and uh, yeah, just shout out to the, especially the parents. They're awesome, awesome fans, and uh, mm-hmm. a very good team for MVL this year. Maybe one of the best ever. So that was cool. Nice, nice. Oh, and uh, Pearson, Ben Pearson, put up forty six points and made thirteen threes in their wow. loss. Wow. So they lost in the that. sectional final. He put put up forty six points, a forty six spot, and thirteen threes. Wow. So set a set a school record both for number of three pointers made and number of points scored and i wouldn't be surprised to hear that um, he has the record for state tournament threes or something like that Mm. i don't know that for sure but i was watching wisconsin state finals uh yesterday and the 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 school record for most threes made in a playoff game was 10 Mm, okay like for so no school had had more than 10 and in ben's wisconsin over, in wisconsin okay. ben's over here one state over he made 13 all by himself in one game <laughs> wow that's fantastic so, yeah i don't that's know awesome yeah so shout it's out a, to those guys it's a good year for uh wells high yeah, school high school yeah. won yesterday too luther high school and then mls uh recently brought home two wrestling state championships i think two wakefield boys i think like it was individuals? the two individuals oh, wow. yeah okay. individuals wait yeah there's oh i guess there is there's team, team states there is but, team, yeah. but yeah Got to have a stacked team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. And, and actually, Lakeside, too. They were one game short of the – so Lakeside Lutheran in Wisconsin also was one mm-hmm. one game short of the state championship game. So It's a good year. It's a good year for Wells yeah. schools. Good year for Wells schools. Yeah. Not Shoreland, no. My alma mater stunk this year. Uh-oh. But they were in a conference – so they were in a – so the team that Luther played to win the state championship game was a team that's in Shoreland's conference. Mm-hmm. And they were in the bottom half of the conference, or no, they were right at the middle point of the conference, 
for the season, and they made it to the state championship game. Now you've got a couple of different divisions in one conference, but you think about that. They were middle of the pack in conference, and they made it to the state championship game. Hmm. It makes it a little. It makes that pill to, a little easier to swallow yeah, that sure. your team wasn't quite <laughs> as good this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal basketball. Uh, what about thank yous? Oh, I've got a big thank you. I don't know who it is, though. But oh. um, yesterday I went to Quick Trip to to grab something to eat there, one of their chicken sandwiches or something like that. Yeah, those crispies they yeah, got are fantastic. pretty good now. Yeah. But uh, when I hopped back into my car, I must have my phone slipped out of my pocket and like rolled underneath my car and I, I didn't even know it was lost until my watch told me that it was no longer connected. <gasps> and so like I was I got all the way back to school and then I went out and I looked for it again and somebody had kindly picked it up off of the uh, parking lot at Quick Trip and then brought it inside and so it's a little beat up i mean as you can see the cameras on the back got a little mm -hmm. smashed so I, I think i rolled over it or something like that but wow thank you to whoever picked that up and dropped it off inside quick trip because it was it's an expensive phone that's awesome very yeah. cool very, yeah very no cool. i d i uh dropped my keys in the parking lot of st john's the other day mm -hmm. freaked out because i thought i wasn't because it was like my dorm room key <laughs> oh, yeah. i was like no <laughs> That's 50 bucks, but no, it, it was still lying there. That's cool. Uh, I suppose thank you to, ooh, ooh, um, oh, biscuit and gravy. Yeah, I'm in trouble for this one. I'll have to do this thank you. I just thought of one, but I'll have to save it for next time when I remember some names. <laughs> but, uh, no, right now I'll say thank you to the, my family out in Phoenix, Arizona, my uncle, uh, John, and Aunt Adrian for taking me in. Uh, for three days of our spring break because uh, that big storm that came through, like all the planes up in St. Paul were grounded for three days in a row uh, during that one week before spring break. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, me and my sister and actually my whole family back home ended up missing uh, one of my cousin's weddings down in, well, his wedding down in Texas just because it snowed like a ton literally on the days leading up to his wedding and we just it just didn't work out and then yeah but uh it was pretty impromptu they didn't know i was gonna be hanging out with them in phoenix in phoenix for a few days and so yeah no it was just cool that they were uh, able to incorporate me and plus i was able to visit the church down there crosswalk uh awesome church very uh north cross-esque if uh that rings any bells to anybody the yeah well anyway. or or uh the core the core oh in, yeah for yeah, sure. yeah. Too, yeah yeah they had or a they had like a band you know six or whatever ministry something like, it's not nine one one but that's what was in my head <laughs> nine one one ministries wouldn't be the worst name but no, be a terrible kind of, <laughs> yeah I mean don't call them I guess right yeah, uh, right, yeah. no yeah, yeah no it was super interesting they're running out of a high school right now which is kind of you know like they're just having to do it until they get on their feet kind of deal uh but very cool ministry going on down there so anyway thank you to my aunt and uncle yeah um i just had a thank you in my brain and i forgot it yeah see that's yeah. this is why you write things down yeah shoot <laughs> oh thank you here to we go the girls that did the the, the girl oh, cast yeah. this is oh, the yeah. last episode that we recorded here it's been a little while spring break and all that kind of stuff yeah so midterms of spring break um i've had two different moms walk up to me just like on the street and say hey thank you for recording that and they both talked about how um like how they were having a hard time talking to their own daughters about like um modesty and dressing modest hmm. modestly and things like that 
Right. And so their strategy was essentially just to put on this episode of the podcast. <laughs> um, the and they're both, they're, both families, they're both families that know me. Yeah, so they're awesome. like, oh, it's Charlie talking. And so they were like listening. And then uh, one of them said she wasn't even sure if her daughter was listening. And then all of a sudden her daughter goes, can you pause it? I need to go to the bathroom. And she's like, oh, she's listening. <laughs> and then the other family, like they were, they were riding in a car. Yeah. And so it was one of those. It was a little bit more you know, like, intentional where it was like, yeah. hey, we're going to listen to this. And she goes. Hey, have you thought about it? So then they had a conversation in right. the car as they were driving. Yeah. So both of those were really cool. And if I just sat in front of a microphone and said a bunch of stuff about women being modest, it wouldn't mean a yeah. thing. Nope. But to listen to a bunch of 20, 21-year-old girls talk, women talk about, because um, they are, they're they're awesome. Yeah. Um, t- yeah, talk about those kinds of things and, and really just share their actual real thoughts. Like there was no pretense in any of those girls talking about it. So uh-huh. it was really cool. To, it was a good episode. Um, very different than our normal content, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also very useful, and uh, they I think they served as well. So, thanks, girls. I think, I think overall, our campus, do, our, the women on our campus, do really well as far as like how they dress. Well, and yeah, and, yeah, and 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 it, it's easy to think of exceptions, but yeah. the fact that it's really easy to think of exceptions yeah. means that the and majority. the fact that most of the time it's not like a it's not a the exception isn't a rule. It's like oh that girl dresses provocatively. Well, it's like that one time at a basketball game that right. one girl yeah, yeah, did yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. You know it's just well. So the fact that it's always exceptional is a really good thing. What I really appreciated about their comments was like the whole fact that um, uh, like whose responsibility is it of you know when it comes to temptation and guys and that whole situation i really like their comments on that where it's no it's not actually our job fully to you know be modest and dress modestly because we're concerned for you like it's like we should be able to dress how as comfortably and you know in our own skin as we want and you also have to be in part not letting yourself fall into those temptations and those thoughts and things like that because it's so easy to just see girls dressed a certain way and be like hmm that that's not okay mm-hmm. you know just because it made you think some thoughts in that second in that moment you know so. yeah and sam in particular did a really good job of just reframing that conversation yeah, where yeah. it's like this isn't about like pointing fingers at all she didn't right. say those words right. but that's really what she was saying was this isn't about pointing fingers and bl- put establishing blame at all the question is what does my relationship with my heavenly father look like yeah because if i have a really good relationship with my heavenly father and i'm finding my value there that's also going to impact the the quote-unquote little things like the way i dress mm-hmm. and I, that wasn't even on my radar when I asked the question, mm. and the girls mm. just ran with it and they did a wonderful That's job. Fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. They were ready for you, dude. Yeah, they were. They were definitely <laughs> ready to have that conversation. And, well, and they also like texted back and forth with me a bunch of times. Like, there was a group chat, and they kept asking questions and clarifying things, which means that they were putting a lot of thought into it. So, yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we also want to shout out to the Wegner family from Hey-o. Milwaukee and Jane and David Schmidt from Burlington for buying us cups of coffee. They actually both bought us fantastic. multiple cups of coffee. Um, so, we call it a cup of coffee donation because for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support the ministry we're doing here with young men. If you'd like to support or help fund the work we do here at Gird Up, go to www.girdup.com, select buy us a cup of coffee in the main menu, and make your donation there. You guys had you guys something to throw in there or no? Uh, kind of. I just, yeah, no, we'll talk about it after the show. I, I had it brought up to me that there was some difficulty in accessing that. Oh, from a couple okay. of people, and so I don't know. I'll yeah, just have well, to look we, at we the website myself. But. And then before I forget, we should talk about this at the end too. But this week, this this coming weekend, so the last weekend of March, 
Um, Gustav will be Hey-o. at Men of Truth in New Ulm here. So if you're going to Men of Truth, make sure you find Gustav at the Gird Up booth and say hi to him. Say we'll hi have me. stickers and stuff there as well you can grab. Um, and then... Um, the week after that, so the first weekend in April, I will be speaking at Wisconsin Lutheran College. So that's uh, the first Monday of April. I'll be speaking at Wisconsin Lutheran College. And so hopefully we'll get some if – you, if you want details on that, feel free to reach out to me. You know how to do that. All the links are in the show notes or at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it'll be cool to see you guys there as well if you're in the Milwaukee area. Um, that, that's April 3rd. I should turn that Dude, down. That was- um, <laughs> on April 3rd, I'll be speaking at Wisconsin Lutheran College in – Milwaukee. So, yeah, two right. things to put That's on your awesome. calendar. Congratulations. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, wow, you get a trip to Milwaukee? Somebody actually li- – anyway. Oh, oh. Yeah. It proves mm-hmm. that we have listeners, though. Yeah. People are actually listening because people are talking to us about it now. Yeah. Besides the five people on campus that come up to us and talk to us after every episode. <laughs> Which we appreciate. We do, we do appreciate it, professors. We love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially the tall, handsome Karlovsky clan. Oh, my goodness. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The question of the week this week. I work a blue-collar job which involves a lot of driving, and my coworkers and I have a lot of deep conversations. I want to witness my faith to the guys I work with, but they make fun of Christians a lot, and I'm afraid of how they'll react. Mm. Do you have any advice? Man, this is right up my alley, because I spent so many years working uh, blue-collar jobs, and, like, I've never shied away from the fact that, you know, like, as as I got closer to coming back to school Mm. or during my time just being a regular member at my home congregation i you know i got a lot of i got a lot of uh crap from people for for you know like people like to poke fun at you and stuff like that so how do you witness to those people and i found that for me personally the best way to do it was just to start off by being a friend of them and just like build that relationship to begin with and let let yourself be open to the questions and stuff like that and when they find out that you're actually serious about your faith mm-hmm. yes you might get a little light ribbing to start off with but the serious questions start to come. And when people here's, – here's an example. I had a friend of mine who uh, I worked with, and we were just kind of casual friends to begin with, but he knew that I participated in church on a regular basis. And uh, about three months into my working there, his son passed away, and he came up to me and asked me some heavy questions about the afterlife and what I believed in that kind of stuff. And so I had a really great opportunity to talk to him about a very heavy matter for himself – and then people realize that you're you're a decent, halfway decent person to talk to about this. And, you know, God gives you the words at the appropriate time when you need to say it at the appropriate time. Yeah. I think I think uh, just to add on to that, I mean, right where Connor ended, just pray, right? Like right before you enter those conversations, if you know you're about to be in a situation, pray that God might, you know, be there in that conversation and the way you talk and the way you act and react to what they say. Because you definitely don't want your reaction to be... Uh, in offense because if anything that's just going to end up either egging them on oh like you mean like on offense kind of yeah thing? to be yeah. on yeah like don't i mean like yeah they're gonna people are gonna say things that are offensive to us because of what we believe for sure but the difference is is we don't have to react the way that they're acting or to the way that they're acting yeah. um and so being able to have that level head going into it and just kind of taking the jokes <laughs> 
at that point yeah. and then being able to respond in a way that they're not expecting because what they're looking for is that reaction of hey man yeah. or that ain't right and you know they they're looking for an argument sometimes yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. not always yeah i definitely like that expectation that that people are expecting something out of you mm-hmm. uh, a good example of that is there was this guy that i worked with who was a practicing norse pagan oh and yeah so, like, I, he, little, I work I, with I, a bunch yeah. of those i know yeah. it's not it's, true it's, but it is kind of badass yeah no it's it is it is and it's like and it's an ever it's an ever grown yeah false, false religion side of things but it is yeah. kind of yeah. cool so i i worked with this guy in a very personal setting for a whole day and i noticed that he was wearing a thor's hammer amulet mm-hmm. on his on his chest mm-hmm. and so i asked him about it and we had a really like our conversation lasted a whole six hours of the rest of the shift and we were just talking about it and we got to the end of the shift and he said of all the people here that i thought would come after me for my religion i thought you would be number one and just like trying to chop down everything i believe but you just listened and we had a genuine conversation about our differences Mm -hmm. and expressed interest in each other's differences and we had a great conversation about it and we, we continue to this day to have conversations about it whenever i see him yeah, and really that's where you want to get is to that point of where they're interested in what you're talking. So it's you have those back and forth conversations where maybe you're not actually explicitly sharing the gospel with them yet, but you're creating that curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. And you show that you're interested in learning about what they believe, not in the sense that you're going to get into it, obviously, but in the sense that it's like, okay, well, like I'm like I have concern and I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. I hope you feel that same way, mm-hmm. right? And then in that reciprocation, you can that's when you have the opportunity to open up a bible and maybe be like hey look this is like this is yep. what my this is what god teaches yep. you know and so yeah yeah gus you were uh like in management at mcdonald's yep. right yeah, does that I am. change the does that change that dynamic at all uh yeah i would say so um yeah no it's it's an interesting dynamic especially in the sense that so many jobs especially if they're public ones like that, when you get hired or you get promoted, like stuff that you're signing and agreeing not to do is like one of those things is to not talk about religion. Right. And so it becomes this weird line that you're having to walk where it's like, okay, so this, so yeah, I've had religious conversations and with my coworkers about what they believe. Uh, A lot of them are occult or, you know, Norse or uh, Wiccan which is strangely common. Very common. Uh, well, I feel like Montana is kind of the place for that too, isn't it? Uh, yeah, to an, like extent, to an extent. Yeah. There's a lot of mysticism going on mm-hmm. in Montana. But point being, point being is that you have those conversations and I'll admit it's really difficult to figure out, I mean, when you can turn it into, hey, I'd love to talk to you more, but here is not the appropriate place. Right, yeah. You know, and man, that's... And to be on, ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the management's got to be difficult because there is that difference in superiority, yeah. and, and you know. I will say, I will say, one of the good, like maybe I don't know if this is an opportunity. You guys tell me what you think about this, but one of the things that because of my role as a manager that I've gotten to do is then when people say things like OMG or say Jesus Christ just for no reason mm-hmm. or in response to things, I get, I then get to be like. Well, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? What about Jesus Christ? You know, and then turn that into a situation where it's like, look, you know, I'm going to school to be a pastor because most of my coworkers do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's clearly something like I'm. A, I want to know why you're saying that. And then it turns into this thing where, oh wow, that is a serious topic. It's not just words that I get to throw out. 
And so that that's something that I've kind of like experimented and with and have done. I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think of that? Well, my immediate thoughts on on that in particular, like my it, it kind of went to the YouTube videos. You know, where it's like mm. the YouTube shorts, where it's like somebody going, you know, saying, you know, that a lot of times it'll be white people or it'll be Christians that you can't you can't be racist against white people mm. and then Christians can't be oppressed and like that kind of a thing because mm-hmm. of the majority group. At least that's the perception. Okay. Okay. Um, and that's what that went. That's where my brain went right away. But I feel like those are, and this is just my observation. I feel like those people are in reality, like out in the actual world, that really feel that way and have been indoctrinated in that, mm-hmm. are few and far between. When you actually get out into the real world, yeah. yeah. Um, those get a lot of clicks on social media, and I think it's an attitude that is becoming more pervasive for mm-hmm. sure. But I don't think there's actually a lot of people that really truly feel that way in practice. And so when you approach the conversation from like, hey man, like. That I, I know he, he doesn't really mean anything to you, but that guy does mean a lot to me. Yeah. Um. And, and when you're not going like I'm offended, you you stop using Jesus' name in vain because it's a sin. Mm-hmm. And then when the conversation instead is like, hey, I notice you use Jesus' name a lot, like when you're upset or angry or whatever. I'm just curious as to why. Yeah. Um. And uh, even that maybe is too overstated. But you know, just like starting that conversation there, like you said. Mm-hmm. And them going, well, I don't know, it's yeah. just a name we throw out there. Like, well, do you know who Jesus is? Yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of, I think people will respect that if you present, present it from a, you know, well, that, I mean, that's what I believe. And you're kind of throwing his name around like mm-hmm. it's a joke, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, and I think just kind of. Because people do want to be treated with respect and they yeah. want to treat you with respect as well. Right. For sure. For well, sure. and I think something to just put a bow on the McDonald's thing. I think more so than anything, them, like witnessing to them is just in the way I act. More so than anything else. It's in my behavior. Like, I, I don't cuss and swear like my co-managers do. Um, I don't get as angry about, uh, you know, several different types of situations as other people that work there do. And so it's it's clear in the way I act that there's something different that, you know, I yeah. am living. And that's generally a curiosity because then it, that that honestly probably brings around more conversation is they're like yo why didn't you just get mad at that guy or like why didn't you deal with this person this way because he was being a total jerk or she was being a total jerk you know and yeah yeah i, th- I think that's the most important part is just like actively living your life as a christian and so like an example from from my work life is there were instances where they would have us work a saturday and they'd be like hey we need people to come in sunday and work too because we're really behind and i would say I can be here at noon, but I'm between, yeah. you know, like 9 a.m. and noon. I'm involved in my church. I'm, I'm going to my church and participating in wor- mm-hmm. worship. Or during this particular time of year during Lent, you know, setting that boundary on Wednesday night and saying like, hey, I got to take off early or something like that because I have to go prepare to go. And and so people recognize and they, they are watching when they find out that you are a Christian. People, people are watching and are, you know, I'm not going to say looking for you to stumble, but they are. Uh, very interested in what it looks like to live an actual Christian life. And the blessings that God heaps upon people too, or even how you handle um, hardships in your life as a Christian is different than what the average person Mm -hmm. uh, deals with and and how they accept those kind of things. Yeah. And I think something that we ought to talk about too is like how we react when we're like giving corrections to people in the sense that I've had it so uh, the uh, Norse guy I work with at uh, Oxendor Axeron, um, he's he's cooler than yours. He has a tattoo of Thor's hammer on his back. It's Ooh. a full back tattoo. Fantastic. He's in a group called the Hammer of Thor. Do you know if he's an Odinist or not? 
I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get that deep. Anyway, point is, is it's like having conversations with him. It a lot of times it turned into, oh, well, he would say things like, well, you you believe this, and it's like, okay, well, um, I can see where you might think some people like that's what they teach or preach, but that's yeah, that's not what I believe. And so it's like how you react to those situations is almost more detrimental than, uh, you know, getting mad about other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, so I'm going to respond to that, and I've got two, two things that kind of popped in my head as we were talking, yeah, which yeah. are also related. I think in that conversation, you can that's a great way to start talking about what makes you di- – because they likely know other Christians that also don't behave like yeah. you do. And that's a great ch- time to have that conversation where you're saying, like, well, yeah. you know, there, there probably are Christians who believe that. Uh, and, and maybe you would even put it in quotation marks like Christians. Yeah. But here's something you need to understand about Christians: is there are some Christians, and this is true of a bunch of different religions too. Like yeah. this is also true of Islam and Judaism and whatever. There are some who read the book and believe what the book says, and then there's others who read the book and then applied like their own reason and logic mm-hmm. to it, and so they mostly believe what the book says, but then they apply some religion and logic to it too. And then there's some people who read the book and then added a bunch of other books to it and then added in a bunch of traditions over the years and then added in their own reason. And mm-hmm. by the time you get to the, all that stuff put together, yeah. it really isn't even what the Bible says anymore. Mm-hmm. And my brand of Christianity, if you will, mm-hmm. and I don't have a heart, I don't really have a difficulty uh, presenting it that way to somebody who's like genuinely asking yeah. about it or is curious about it. Sure. Well, my yeah. brand of Christianity just takes what Scripture says. Like, here's what the Bible says. That's what I believe, and we never add to it or take away from it. Yeah. It's just whatever it says. And if we don't understand what it says, we go, "Well, God's wisdom is greater than our own." <laughs> I forget <laughs> which. And yeah. we just kind of and we like we call it the narrow Lutheran middle. Yeah. And then now yeah. you've got a whole other conversation you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a because a lot of times when people are you know like they have a reason why they're being so venomous about Christianity. Mm-hmm. And it's usually because they've been hurt by Christians. For sure. And if you can separate yourself without being, without like naysaying other Christians, without bad mouthing other Christians, if you can kind of separate yourself and say, like, look, that's not what I believe. And I also condemn that behavior. um, That Mm -hmm. might be helpful. And and along that, along that strain, I actually often have found that other quote unquote Christians are actually have many times treated me worse in this regard mm. than non-Christians have. Right. Non-Christians are yeah. like, why do you believe that crap? As opposed to other Christians who are like, you know, I met a Lutheran. I My <laughs> sister dated a Lutheran, oh, and they tried to convert you're those her. Lutherans. You know, you're like, those kind of Lutherans. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, yeah. I heard that you, like, you guys don't let your pastors get married, and then they're all gay. It's like, well, oh. you're talking about the Catholic Church, and that's not even true about right, the yeah. Catholic Church. Yeah. Like, all, you know, and so you can... A lot of times, if you get below that surface level, yeah. then you can actually have real conversations, which leads me to the other thing that I was thinking is that we've kind of danced around it, but the real key word here is relationship. Yeah. Is if they're just yep. throwing barbs at you uh, and constantly making fun of you because of your faith, it's probably because that's just the low-hanging fruit and they don't know anything right. else about you. Yep. So if they actually knew you personally, then they would have other things to 
tease you yeah. about. Yeah, sure, for sure. And they would yeah. have an, a, sure. an appreciation for you, and they, they would realize that you're not this one-dimensional Christian Jesus freak right, kind of guy, yeah, right? Yeah. We, uh, Gus and I had a conversation with one of our coworkers a while back at the brewery who called, uh, she she said something about, like, I can sit here and talk religion all day long, and my response to that was like, like I actually don't really like talking about religion, but I, I do love talking about Jesus. And she called me a Christian F-boy, and she didn't say F. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I I was a little offended, but well, I was more than a little offended. Yeah. I, and I, and I yeah, let her I know that. that I was offended by that. And, uh, like, I didn't, like, say, I'm offended. But I was like, oh, man, I put my hand over my heart. I was like, that, what does that even mean, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything besides that she's done with the conversation, really. Yeah, and she's right. looking for an out, yeah. But... It actually has opened the door then to other conversations, and she actually is way more empathetic to me um, now mm-hmm. than she was before. She even asked me about like what school looks like and that kind of a thing since sure. then. So yeah, it is interesting how much pushback we as well as Lutherans get for for what we believe, and yeah. for, especially from other, other Christian Christians, groups. Yeah, yeah, but the the best way I just des- I've heard it described was actually over spring break. I forget which pastor said it, whether or not it was my pastor or not, but he said that. As well as Lutherans, we we basically preach a a neat version. If you want to take like whiskey for example, like when you take your whiskey whiskey neat, like you're taking whiskey, like that's it. And it, you take it, your whiskey wheat, whiskey wheat. <laughs> <laughs> when you take your whiskey neat, you're not taking it watered down. You're taking it for what it is, and that's how yeah. we preach the Bible. There are things in the Bible that are preached that I wish I didn't have to say to people that would, that, you know, of course I want to love everybody. Of course I don't want to sit there and try to point out faults and stuff like that in people's lives. But at the same time, this is what the Bible teaches and that's what I'm going to believe. And that's what I'm going to preach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, like you said, just a minute ago, relationship, right? That's, that's what it's about in the end. And I guess just be ready and willing to say, I'm not sure about that. Let me look into it. Yeah. You know, like that should, that's a great default, like for anything. If you're even questioning what you're trying to say or what you act, what we actually teach as a church body or it, yeah. it isn't going to hurt to admit that you don't know yeah. at yeah. at that moment. And the conversation continues. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not done at one day. Right. I would caution there though. And this is a, this is this is a condemnation of myself because mm-hmm. I do this and it has cost me dearly several times. Is when you do use the phrase, "Well, let me look into," I don't know. Let me look into that. Don't come back with two barrels loaded and just right. fire yeah, it at her right, t- at their right, chest. Right. Bring it up, have an appropriate conversation about it. Because I yeah. I have no chill. I'm an intense dude, yeah. and so I often will just come. <laughs> I will read three books about it and write a paper, and then bring that paper. To the next conversation with me yeah. and go, all right, Buster, yeah. get ready to get converted. Yeah. <laughs> Just fire yeah. it at their chest. Yikes. And they have no interest in the conversation yeah. anymore yeah. because partially because it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it, it feels th- like when you're receiving that, it feels unfair. Like you came prepared for this conversation. I'm not prepared. And if I was prepared, I would have something to say. And so mm-hmm. it's unfair that you're just you know, putting this on me. Um, But then on top of that, this just turned from a friendly conversation into like you are very aggressively, you know, preaching at me, which isn't the, isn't the tone we want. So I just want to put that caveat on there because I'm really guilty of that. Yeah. I need to get better at it. Yeah. Honestly, it's like this whole conversation just, if in the end, if it's like, what would Jesus do? Right. (laughs) Like, what did he do? Like in the Bible, what, when he was interacting with unbelievers and the people who were, you know, in the midst of sin, right? Like he went 
and he sat with them and he talked with them and built relationships with them yeah. right and that's that's what we ought to do with it so awesome all right well remember if you've got a question you'd like us to answer here on the podcast use the links in the description below to get a hold of us on social media or by email and let us know what you want the bros to talk about next yeah i just want to add real quick my uh uh hammer of thor guy his interactions with christians were with the knights templar <laughs> Oh my. Are they still around? Montana's Apparently. a weird place, Gus. He's like, yeah, it's a, it's like sure it's it all Facebook. the Knights of Columbus. No, dude, and it's all like Facebook chats too. <laughs> when, <laughs> when when the Jews got Israel, they were like, all right, screw it, let's go to Montana. <laughs> the next yeah, we're never land. taking yeah, that he was over like, now. Yeah, we're going he, to Montana. And when he was talking to me, he was like, yeah, your Knights of Templar guys, like they were telling me this. I'm like, those aren't my guys. <laughs> my guys those are my not guys. my guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we I do would it. love to meet a couple of them. No, I, I would, would be like, dude, love tell to. me about. Oh my goodness, tell me about what is this. what is a modern Knights Templar? Like? Oh, oh man, my goodness. yeah, that's fascinating. Probably similar to the Hammer Thor guys, just yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Just not Odin. They just call just him Jesus, Jesus and God yeah. instead of Odin. And <laughs> yeah, probably that might yeah. not be too far from the truth. Hey, if you know anything about uh, Knights Templar, Knights Templar, let us out. know. Yeah, yeah. or if you are a Knights Templar listening right now, please contact. We'd love to interview. <laughs> tell us why. <laughs> we would love to interview a Knights Templar. Yes. Because right. if that's a title we could have and not be uh, heretical, that would be kind of fun, right? Yeah. Or maybe not. Interviewing I don't a knight. <laughs> a knight with a knight. Yeah, that's not that bad. would be cool, yeah. would it not? Yeah. Uh, okay. A knight with knights and knights. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, that's enough of that. Yeah, Good that segue. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Third petition. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> that should that should just be the segue every time. Segway. <laughs> Bros with Bibles this week. We're talking. Uh, we're looking at Luther's large catechism at the third petition. Uh, the small catechism says the third petition is Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. I will once again point out how much I enjoy the fact that my small catechism is much much larger than my large catechism. Just a fun mm. fact. Mm. Anyway, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The what does this mean? Too, and there's less pictures. There saying. are way fewer pictures in the large catechism, yeah. So if you're not familiar, <laughs> the small catechism has a whole bunch of explanations and like teaching tools and in cool it. So it's pictures a lot that larger. Martin Luther and did not cool draw. Pictures. <laughs> Gus really enjoys the pictures. They're Shocker. fun. They're <laughs> surprise, fun. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they're diagrams, man. You can't you go, go wrong Spanish with class it. Class I just look at the diagram, yeah. <laughs> and I speculate what it says in English. <laughs> There's no Bible help for Spanish class. Right? No, there is well, not. There is not. There is. Well, uh, yeah. I saw. Yeah. Anyway, the third petition <laughs> that will be done on earth as in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or to let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, and this is his good and gracious will. What you got, fellas? Well, didn't think you were reading the small catechism part. Oh, I yeah, I thought you were looking at the large catechism part. It's fine. Oh, anyway. no, I, I, well, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, no, we're good. Matter. We're good. We're good. <clears throat> 
Well, my quick observation was how like it was a little shocking how strongly worded Luther's large catechism writing on this. Like, obviously, we're not going to read the whole thing to you, but like these statements are really bold. Uh, like the second paragraph already, he says, "No one is really ready to believe how much the devil opposes and obstructs their fulfillment," referring to the first two petitions mm-hmm. yeah. um, that God's kingdom will come. Um, and he just, and he just goes on to continue for two pages. Just goes on and continues to talk about it. Um, we must count on the devil, the world, and the sinful flesh causing us all manner of misfortune and heartache. For where God's word is preached, accepted, or believed, and bearing fruit, there the blessed Holy Cross will not be absent either. Um, yeah, I think, and then well, yeah, and then nah, one more to throw out there. Go for it. Um, we must. F- Pray that in the face of powerful pressures and persecution, we may stand firm and submit to whatever God's will permits us permits to come upon us, which is really what we're praying in the third petition. Um, because if their will, the devil, the world, and the sinful flesh again, yep. if their will would not be broken and baffled, the kingdom of God could not continue on earth, nor could his name be hallowed. And that's why we pray, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Um, really strong words. Well, and it's just a super vivid image of the spiritual battle that we're in the midst of right you, there's it's not very often that we really think about the fact that it's spiritual forces that are legitimately fighting against us yeah not as christians like just what we're trying how we're trying to live our lives yeah it's when i was reading this in preparation um i think it'd be easy to look at this and and, may, and it sounds like the devil is very overtly and very obviously like trying to lead us astray and trying to force force us away from I'm just really, I'm just, I am hey, just that works. That just works. Struggling works. with the words today. No, it works. Go with it. <laughs> words go with it. Sorry, I'm just imagining this cartoon. It's okay. Man, it is just so bad. <laughs> that's like a Looney words are not my friend today. That's like a Looney Tunes sketch. Like I feel like that's a legitimate Looney Tunes sketch. Okay, no, but this guy sitting in hell, like, how'd you end up here? It's like a mega church pastor. What happened to you? He goes, I got forked. It, 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 it works. Does work. The analogy works because it's not like the devil's taking the whole portion of us away. He's taking piece by piece, like you eat a meal with oh, a fork. Yeah, just like hey, just like the burnt offerings where you That's jab right. in and pull. So That's instead right. of God getting all of you, yeah, the, the devil's devil taking pieces, portion. one forkful at a time. Ooh. Oh mm-hmm. man, there you go. Fixed there you it. Go. Fixed yeah. it. Fixed it. <laughs> it's that subtle theology oh, of Connor Herder. That's you. <laughs> Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> I lost it, but it worked. It worked in the end. You continue to comment. <laughs> I don't know. I While Gus was talking, I was thinking, this just flies in the face of this whole, like, daddy God culture, mm. you know? And like, I know it's a little facetious to refer to it as that, but this whole culture of, it's like feminized Christian culture where God is just this loving sky daddy who, you know, blah, 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 and it's yeah. this cotton candy Jesus, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, it just just flies in the face of that because if you really think about what God's will is, and if you read the Psalms and think about what God's will is for those who oppose Him, and what His will is for those who oppose His children, there is nothing nice, and you know, cotton candy or sky daddy about our heavenly Father. He is a good and just and loving God, and by in order to be good and just and loving, He must hate and have the power to deal with that which is not good. And he does so with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yep. not speaking too boldly. That is the God that we serve. Like the Jesus mm-hmm. tipping over tables and, and losing his mind, well, really, over tables, yeah, yeah, in the temple, is only a small picture of what the God of the universe, the one who exists outside, and we're going to talk about this later, but the one who exists out t- outside of time and space and whatever, 
that's a small picture of his wrath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, this is a, this is a this is a very powerful deity, um, and when we pray His will be done, we're praying about all of that. It's yep. not just like, "Hey, Lord, I hope whatever happens to me today is whatever you wanted to happen to me today," yep. which we're praying about as well, for sure. But there's so much more going on. Yeah, and part of that prayer in in praying, not only does God. Not not only does God say that vengeance is mine when it comes to those who would oppress his people, but part of his will being done, too, is that when we're praying that, we're asking God that when he sees us in need of correction, he corrects us. And that's not always a comfortable thing because the most loving thing a person can do is correct. Think of a father and a son. If your son's misbehaving, the most loving thing you can do in that situation is to correct them. And our Heavenly Father does that to us on a regular basis so that we turn back to him. One of the best yeah. presentations I've ever heard was David Scharf, and he was at a men's retreat talking about the idea that, um, like, the question of why life is so hard and why bad things happen to good people and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And I couldn't tell you everything he said, but the last thing he talked about is what sticks with me. And he said, and we've talked about this before on a podcast, but the last thing he said, which will never, which will oh, never leave prayer? me, yeah. yeah, was this idea that. Um, when I pray God's you know, like God, your will be done, what we're really saying is, Lord, if my life has to be awful in order for me to cling mm-hmm. to you, like do whatever you need to do so that I can spend eternity with you. And mm-hmm. if that means my life needs to stink, if that means I need to be absolutely miserable, if that means you have to take everything that's joyful and good and happy about my life away, like Job, in yeah. order for me to continue to be faithful to you so that in the end when I'm called um, from this earth that I'm called home to heaven and not sent away from you. Do whatever you have to do. And that is a terrifying but yeah. powerful prayer, and it's also the ultimate humility. Well, and that's exactly what he's saying in the line 66 that we have. Do they mark them in your, yeah. yours? Not in my copy, no. no. Okay, so the now this grieves our flesh and the old creature, for it means that we must remain steadfast, suffer patiently whatever befalls us, and let go whatever is taken from us. Yeah, Like, we're not promised easy happiness and joy necessarily in life we only have that in jesus yeah i would i would rather die shoeless and friendless than enter heaven you know you know than not have the opportunity to enter heaven yeah we are glad you have shoes i have shoes i do but you are i actually have i actually have hey dudes on they're very comfortable (laughs) we're glad you have shoes but you definitely don't have any friends (laughs) we got at least six anyway (laughs) anyway at least six (laughs) Like names written on the back of his hand. (laughs) These are my six. No. I don't know. It's just frustrating, especially like just thinking about how many people like go throughout their life and get mad at God or get mad at Christianity in general because they're not getting they're they don't feel good. They don't feel happy. They don't feel certain ways about their lives because they think they think that's God's job is to make them feel good. Right? Like, that is not the case. Well, what you're really doing is subtly making yourself God. No. If you're angry no. at God because you don't, you're not getting your way, which is really what you're saying, if, if it's, I don't feel good, I don't have joy, I'm not happy, whatever it is, if you're sitting there saying, God, you didn't give me what I deserve, you're making yourself God instead of him. Mm-hmm. So now the whole universe revolves around you. We've been talking about this kind of stuff in philosophy, right? Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of philosophy that underlies all these weird things that people believe about themselves, whether it's, you know, the I am enough t-shirts that were really popular amongst 20-year-old girls, you know, five years ago, or whether it's this whole, like, um, 
you know, uh, social media culture where I'm always like the star of your own show kind of a thing. Like if I'm the center of the universe and everything revolves around me, that may that means I'm God. That makes me the one, um, oh, like the one that nothing is greater than, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what is it? Luther said that that all sins are sin against the first commandment. Like in, yeah. in everything you do, that if you choose to go contrary or counter to what God asks you to do or calls you to do, mm-hmm. you're sinning against Him, and you're setting yourself or your will or your pride, whatever it might be up as your own personal God in face of what God asks us to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, our joy is fulfilling God's will mm-hmm. or is in God's will having been fulfilled via Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. And, and that's how, that's how like, that's how we pray too. And that's how we're taught to pray too, is you think of when, when Jesus institutes the Lord's prayer, you know, it's it's reverence for God right away in the beginning, recognition of our own faults and sins and how we need a Savior, asking for, for what we need from him for our daily bread, mm-hmm. but ultimately in everything we do in life, we leave it in God's hands to do what he knows is best for us. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. Amen. Amen. Nicely done. All right, moving on to then... Um, our obscure Bible trivia. What I did today is a little bit different. Um, I actually found a quiz online right, by on Pro, Pro Profs Quizzes oh um, that supposedly is difficult Bible trivia. All right, All right so we're going to see how we do here. Uh, here's the first question. This comes from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 21. It shall be in that day that a man will keep alive a young cow and two blank. Um, he will keep alive a young cow and two horses, two mules, two sheep, or two chickens. Mm, a cow is the one thing that we do know. Yeah, keep alive a young cow and two. I'm gonna say sheep. See, that feels too obvious. I know, so. but I feel like I'll take the obvious. I'll you go... take the you take the outlier. I'll go chickens. All right, are we clicking on sheep or chickens? Oh, I mean, click we on whichever one. My vote's chicken, though. How chicken. about you pick the one that you I also on. think chickens because like a young okay. cow, like small, yeah. and you get so you get eggs and milk. Yeah, it was sheep. It I was told okay. You. It was See, the I obvious mean, one. It is the, the obvious one. You gotta one. guess sheep in the Bible. Oh, how many times was a sad chicken, face? How many? There's a sad face. <laughs> how many times does chicken come so up in the Bible? That's true. <laughs> what passage was that again? Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 7, seven verse twenty one. Okay, Isaiah seven twenty one. Cool. I don't think I've ever heard chicken in the Bible. All right. Fair enough. That one's too easy. Um, all right, here we go. Jeremiah 6, verse 2. I have likened the daughter of Zion to a lovely and delicate dancer, woman, female, or person. I was really hoping flower was going to be an option because that just made sense in my poetic mind. Uh, dancer. I think it's dancer, too. Hold on, give me the options one more time. Dancer, female, woman, or person. I have likened the daughter of Zion to a lovely and delicate... It could be woman, but oh, I feel like I think it's, it's dancer. woman. I think it's woman. I'm going to say dancer. Gus, I'll go thinking? woman. I'll go woman. All right, woman, it is correct. Hey, there I, we I, go. Dancer had me for a while, yeah, but then I thought the daughter of Zion, like it's something he loves, is beautiful. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, that one's too easy. That was Jonathan. That was too easy. You guys would have gotten that. Oh one. yeah, for sure. All right. Ecclesiastes this time. Mm. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 2. 
A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his feet, back, side, or left. Uh, it's got to be feet. Not, this is a hard I feel one. like feet. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his... What are the options? Feet, side, back, or left. I mean, it says his heart is in his right hand. Leads me to breathe, for a believe righteous left. person. Yeah. So would a fool's heart be in his left? Again, left feels too on That's point. I'm going feels feet. Feels too obvious. I'm yeah. going feet. I'll go feet. You guys go left. I'll go left. Ah, man. Yeah, I'm feeling feet too. Here we go. It was left. It was left. <laughs> Dude. Left yeah, is a very obvious. negative, yeah. very negative yeah. portrayal in the Bible. Oh, man. Left-handers. It makes sense, but Lefties. at the same time, it's like... Yeah. He doesn't even have it in his hands at that point. You know what I mean? Ah, whatever. I'm not going to try and reason it. Yeah. Why isn't it? Did you get his frowny face again? Is that the end? You only get two <laughs> no, frowny I think faces. We've gotten too many wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I no. knew it. <laughs> oh, bummer. Oh, uh, it's loading. Why is it taking so long to load? Oh, Ope is right. Hmm. I have too many windows open. Yeah. So when you guys get to the sem, there's a pretty awesome Lutheran Bible trivia game. That they pulled out for when we were on the what? Do, what do we call the junior one? What's the junior? I think trip? it's just junior trip or something like that. Your guys is Exodus, right? Yeah. I thought ours was called Exodus. No, no, no that doesn't no. make but sense. But for every Exodus, there's, there's an, Exodus. an Exodus. There you go. Anyway, but yeah, it was kind of fun. Yikes. The pictures are pretty hilarious. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, like, you this really is like pictures. Really you your pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into them, man. Just I can't wait to pictures. see your catechism class. It's just pictures the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> just draw diagrams. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, sorry, guys. Right, we're going to try and... Um, there we go. Technical difficulties. What is going on? This is kind of killing the, killing the energy right killing now. The vibe did you pay the internet bill this week? I oh. did. Mm. I did. Uh, we're going to try one more time. Imagine an internet Orwell bill. bill. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Uh, Oh, it started over from number one. All right. Is it the same number one? Yeah. John, and then uh, Sheep, and then... Now we got them all right. (laughs) Judas Iscariot kept the money bag. Obviously. Um, And then Daughter of Zion was a delicate woman. Mm -hmm. We're doing so well this time. Yeah. (laughs) We're getting them all right. Um, Which one of Saul's sons became friends with David? That's Jonathan. Um, you wouldn't have gotten that? I didn't know. I didn't remember no, that one. Good, Jonathan? David and Jonathan? I don't remember that. Right, no wise man's friend. heart is at his all right, fool heart is left. Next. This is where we froze last time. Here we go. Oh, no. Books about Moses. That's Leviticus. All right. Here we go. New question. He has aged my flesh and my skin and broken my heart, spirit, will, or bones. It's got to be bones. It's got to be bones. Yeah. Aged my flesh and my skin and broken my bones. Correct. All right, two more. Here we go. All right. <laughs> uh, the following was not, which of the following was not a tribe of Israel? This no, is this probably too easy. easy to yeah. Gad, Dan, Uz, or Asher. <laughs> um, is I'm Uz. Yeah. Uz <laughs> is correct. Oh, Smiley wow. face. There we go. All right. Ecclesiastes. This is also too easy. A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of. Heart, light, thought, or peace? Hmm. 
Like, peace it is. No. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I knew it was peace. I knew it was peace. All right, which of the ah, fu- oh, see, which of the following is not an epistle? All right, one more real good Charlie, one. Charlie, these are probably we'll... hard for some people. Okay, I'm sorry if it's hard for you guys. Then okay, here we go. Lamentations three eleven. He has turned aside my ways and torn me in pieces. He has made me desolate, sad, parched, or lonely. I feel like it's not sad. It depends on the translation. He has made me say, sad. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm going to say desolate. desolate. I'm going to say desolate, Sounds too. right. Desolate. Those other words don't. Correct. Yeah. Smiley face. He's desolate. He's desolate. <laughs> okay. All right. Good Let's work, fellas. We win. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Top three life hacks that you learned way later than you should have. I'm not starting this. I'm waiting to hear Top what you guys three say life so hacks. that I can All right. maybe well, remember them. I so I spent a long time as a bachelor. Connor, you can maybe attest to this. I can. All right. Uh, I spent a long time as a bachelor. So here's one that you absolutely need to know, fellas. Mm-hmm. All right. When you're using a cookie sheet, mm. right? Cookie sheets are so hard to wash. Mm-hmm. Like they're really hard to wash. Even if you use Pam or like grease on them, mm-hmm. they're still hard to wash. So before you make your pizza rolls or your chicken nuggets or whatever you're eating, okay, put a piece of tin foil on top of the cookie sheet. So that they stick to the tin foil. Or parchment paper. Or yeah. parchment paper. Yeah. So they stick to the tin foil and not to the cookie sheet. Mm. It'll save you a lot of time. You don't have to do as many mm. dishes. Uh, okay. I do, I do appreciate that one. I like that you've shown me that one. But I will say that your dish job is kind of garb anyway, though. I remember Wait, wiping out a mug that you said was clean one time. Oh, my gosh. Hey, are we just <laughs> hating on me right now? No. It's my house. <laughs> my st- oh, this okay, makes you sound right, so right. bad. Most <laughs> of the time, it's not that bad. Okay, it's mugs. Not. No, it's been better. It's mugs, been better. The mugs are really bad because I'll drink coffee, yeah. and then I'll get, like, working on whatever I'm doing, or right. reading my Bible or whatever, and I forget to go rinse it out. So the yeah. mugs are yeah. bad. Yeah. The mugs mm. are bad. And the water is not very good, so when you warm it up... See, I like to think that when you're in a better living space, I won't I won't see but it. Then I'll have a dishwasher. Yeah, I, well, there <laughs> yeah, you go. <laughs> okay, my, uh, my, it's not a really important life hack, but you know when, like, when you're dumping out like a, like a, a two-liter of Pepsi or you're cleaning mm-hmm. out a two-liter or something like that? When you yeah. dump it, it chugs and it just really slowly chugs. Mm-hmm. If, if you swirl the bottle around, it, it all drains a lot faster. Oh, yeah. Oh. It creates a little vortex or and everything comes out. Or if you're chugging a beer... Or if you're chugging a beer. I was trying to keep it wholesome, but I appreciate <laughs> you, Charlie. What's your hack? Oh, uh, man. I don't... Okay. I'll just r- describe a picture that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> uh, okay. It says, tumble dry shoes without ruining them. And <laughs> did you Google top of the top? Dude, I did because I can't think of anything that I didn't know like, I think when I'm it was too the same late. Pictures. And, okay. So it's a picture. There's a dryer, right? And there's one shoe in the dryer. And the laces of that shoe are tied to the laces of the other shoe, but the other shoe is on the outside of the dryer with the door closed. Mm. What? Yeah. So to here, I'll show you. Them. You'll understand what I'm saying. And I'll try and describe it one more time. Okay. But so why the, would you need to do that, dude? I well, so it doesn't like tumble around, I guess. All right. I don't know why it would ruin them. Also, I don't wash my shoes though. <laughs> yeah. Why are you machine <laughs> washing your shoes? I don't know. Well, some people, people, people really do that. that. People, people, do people that. really do that. Yeah. Like a lot of people that wear Vans will do that. I think maybe I'm talking about the right shoe brand. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. All right, Charlie, what you got? Um, <clears throat> so, extension cords constantly come un- unplugged, right? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just tying them together in a knot, right? Mm. You tie a 
Oh, what's it called? Not a Slipknot. What's the other one called? Where it like noose? Oh, no, 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 not a noose. Um, shoot. Well, it's, it's basically just a loop, and you tie a loop around the other cord on both sides, and then plug them in. Oh, and yeah. And then they slip into each other yeah. and actually keep oh, each other plugged yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. instead of pulling each other apart. Because if do you that just tie time, an extension yeah. cord yeah. in a knot, then they like it like bends the prongs mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So if you tie a knot on both um, around the other cord, each one, like on the neck of the cord, yeah. and then plug them in, then it forces them together and doesn't torque on the... Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Oh, I just had it, too. You got one. Oh, no, I was going to say, uh, you know, when a string of twine breaks on a bale, oh I could I could show you... How to retie a bale? I can't describe it because I honestly oh, don't know on the, how. On, on twine, if your pants are falling down in the field, you can make oh, twine suspenders. Yo, check it out! Check it out. Also, <laughs> here's one. So when I was in middle school, and you're wearing leather sole boots, right? If you don't have the money to go get them resold after a hole comes through them, what you do is you take some duct tape, mm-hmm. slap it on the bottom, and then once that wears through, you go ahead and grab yourself a piece of uh, duct actual metal duct and then you duct tape that to the bottom of your boot and then you got a metal metal sole boot and yeah that's kind of sounds really noisy as you're walking down the hallway it's not it's like you're wearing tap shoes the whole time you're walking (laughs) yeah and then you like tie a bunch of twine around it too (laughs) yeah no i had some rank looking boots (laughs) for a while (laughs) all right so being a single, his dad goes down to the basement, and there's just a hole in one of the one of the heating ducts. <laughs> yeah, this one's for uh, Charlie being a single guy. Oh, <laughs> we're all, oh yeah, you're not. Who does really? Bad. I don't know. Well, you just take have a, shot a girlfriend. You. You're also not married though. So that is also very true. Yeah, chill. When you're, so I still, when you're so I still thirty do. years old, girlfriends don't count. Anyway, go ahead. So I still do this one. Uh, warm up your leftover pizza in the oven and not in the microwave. It's much better. Oh, I actually, I like to just eat it cold I like put, a man. I put butter in the bottom of a of a skillet. Yes, oh, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've heard but of you got to use butter, otherwise it won't heat evenly. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just like it or in the grease oven. or something. Yeah. But yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, I think you've got white whitening toothpaste on your white sneakers. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So if you're white sneakers, so I've got a pair of like canvas Sperry's that I really love, like yeah. white canvas Sperry's, and they get dirty all the time. And I've sure. worn them to shells a bunch of times, and we have like a pink beer in the summertime, and it gets on your shoes and it looks like blood. Oh. Um, yep. Oh. It looks like blood stains. So all that you. kind of stuff. But then also just like walking around, and if you get some dirt or whatever on them, it's they're really hard to get clean, and I don't want to machine wash them because I they're nice shoes, right? So you take um, white like. Crest whitening toothpaste or whatever it is. You gotta make sure that it's actually white whitening toothpaste because some whitening toothpaste isn't mm-hmm. white itself. Make sure it's white whitening toothpaste and then use them on your shoes. Mm-hmm. And then if it's like canvas shoes, some of it'll actually stay in your in the fabric and it'll both whiten them and it'll be like starch for them. And it's not gonna like get your socks dirty or anything <laughs> like that. Um, if it if they're leather shoes or like you know like the faux leather that a lot of tennis shoes are or whatever. Then it will like actually whiten up the surface of the shoe as well. So, yeah, whitening toothpaste on your white shoes. There you go. I would also suggest using an old toothbrush, not the one you're currently using. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Thing to do. Um, one that my grand that we did growing up. Uh, if you're if you got a bunch of oil on your hands or something like that, like you were working in the shop or something, 
uh, or on a tractor, whatever, uh, use WD-40 to wash mm. your hands. Yeah. Gets all the oil off, oil yeah. and grease. And it doesn't I, sting as much as paint thinner does. I really yeah. like I really like that Gojo stuff, though. Have you ever, have you ever used no, that No, because I had WD-40, so. Okay. Lava, <laughs> lava citrus, like the citrus-scented citrus lava soap. Mm. It, it'll, like, tear the skin off your hands, but it'll get you clean. See, I feel like I remember using toothpaste to wash my hands or something, but I can't remember what. Oh, like Arm & Hammer toothpaste no, like with the, the grid well, in just it? just straight up toothpaste. Oh, I can't remember what I was doing. Well, toothpaste will get, like, the pig stink out of your clothes. Yeah, the pig stink. Yeah, yeah, so like when you get spend too much time in a pig barn and you start to smell bad. Yeah, yeah, you just empty like a tube of toothpaste mm-hmm. into the washing machine with your clothes, and it'll get the really? stink out. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Know. actually, that's my other. Uh, and you and you don't want to use like mint flavored. You that's want like Arm and Hammer, like neutral toothpaste. Yeah, my other true. hack is uh, if you get if you get your own blood in like a t shirt or something like that, your own saliva is the best thing to. To get it out, interesting. Yeah, because you're. Yeah, I don't know I why, like, but your yeah. but your body is designed to dissolve itself I'm, for some reason. I don't know. That I've never sense. been told that, but I feel like I've noticed that. Like sometimes, if I get a cut, yeah. I like just yeah do you know yeah interesting yeah suck the blood out of your shirt. This is a slightly okay. So back when we were, one of my favorite things about my so my grandma and grandpa obviously they lived through the 30s and everything so they were lived through the Great Depression but one. <laughs> When I was a kid, I remember going down in a grandpa's basement, and she had just stacks and stacks and stacks of like storage bins. But mm-hmm. she didn't use storage bins. What she used were Dutch Master cigar boxes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But yeah. those don't seal themselves. Right. So she would cut the waistband out of the pantyhose <laughs> and use the waistband from her old pantyhose That's really interesting. to hold the lids shut. Wow. And so every once in a while, like around my parents' house or my aunts and uncles' houses, you will still find a... Dutch Master's cigar, like cardboard cigar box, held shut by a pantyhose waistband. Wow. Good, good. For I don't know if that's her. a life hack, but this, <laughs> um, this is actually if you got some pantyhose waistbands laying around, fellas. This ne- this next one I actually do sometimes. Uh, when you get a cupcake, you know how like everybody eats the cupcake yes. and you're no, supposed to rip the bottom yeah. off and then make a little make a sandwich, sandwich out of it, and it doesn't get in your mustache. Then no, yes, that's yes, a big buddy. Yeah, right, that's exactly. A big buddy. Yeah. That's why I do it. Yeah. I learned that when I was a first and second grade mm-hmm. teacher. One of the kids blew my mind one day. That's interesting. Oh man, I'm gonna fail you in second grade, so you can't go to third grade just so I can learn more from you because oh. you are so wise. <laughs> wow, it's yeah, that's crazy. Amazing. I've never seen that before. Yo, what'd you think of those uh uh Oreo cakes we had yesterday? I didn't eat any. Oh you Oreo didn't? Cakes. No. So they are Oreos. I've had them before. I I just I'm not used to I on wasn't them. I was surprised. I expected to hate them. I did not hate them. I don't oh, think I would buy no. them. Yeah. Where did you have them at? at Here. Here. Yeah. Oh. We had we had our little. Uh, oh, that's right. St. Yeah, Patty's Day celebration. Yeah. And so we told them to bring Irish food, and they brought Oreos. <laughs> well, the Oreos were yeah. great, though. They were good. Well, and then they brought those loaves of. Uh, yeah, actually, those there was Guinness bread and Irish cream bread. Yeah, and it was a little bit left over. I had that for breakfast this morning. Yeah. With my coffee, they're pretty delicious. And the one that my mom hates, the life hack that my mom hates is you don't actually need to retie the tie on your bread once you're done. Just spin it, tuck it, and oh, put yeah. it back on the shelf. Spin it's perfectly it, tuck fine. It and put it back on. The oh shelf. yeah, that's a good call. Sure. That's yeah. a good one. Yep. All right. Oh oh, blender bottles. If your blender bottle stinks, because they always stink, right? You use the protein powder in it. Mm-hmm. If your blender bottles stink, put some uh, red vinegar in the bottom, seal it. So there's no air getting out. Seal it and let it sit for a couple of days. Hmm. And then it'll smell like vinegar for like a day, but then it'll be back to normal. Like it'll take the stink yeah. away. It's a good one. There you go. All, All right. right. All right. Last thing we're going to cover then, it is Lent 4. 
this coming weekend. So we're going to talk about Exodus 3, verses 1 through 15. And that is the account of Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side excuse me, of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the angel of the, or that the bush was on fire and did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Hineni, here I am. <laughs> I just like Hineni. Hineni is so much fun to say. That's what that is in, in, in Hebrew is, here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go out to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. I don't know. How would we, how would we read it? I, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. Okay. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of our fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, "Who is? What is his name? What sh- then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Ironic after we just had that little test on this. Yeah, I love it. Well, when I saw that this was one of the readings for the week, I absolutely wanted to go over it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what is your... What's your biggest takeaway from this? I don't know. There's a bunch of them, but I think the first one that really just shown to me the first time I read it earlier today um, was the fact that God does not say, I am sending you or I have come down so that you can rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. This is all God doing it, and Moses is just his tool or his vessel or whatever word you want to use. So he's using he's using Moses, right? Moses is doing the will of God, but it's God that's bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. It's not Moses. Um, and I think we lose sight of that sometimes. Um, but Moses certainly didn't, right? He did well, eventually, eventually, like, at the end, say, yeah. like, you know, three years later or whatever it was, mm-hmm. right? Um, but throughout the whole process of the plagues and everything, Moses knows it's not him doing all these things. It is God doing all these things, and it's God bringing Israel out. And the moment, like, for a split second, Moses does forget that later on, and that's enough for God to say you're not going to go into the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- I mean, there, there is, but we can say that about everything. 
anything that like when you know when things are changing in our lives when good things happen when bad things happen whatever um this is similar to the conversation we were having earlier right yeah so it's it's god's will right he is ultimately in control and the only reason I have any ability to do anything good or anything worthwhile at all is that he has animated me to do so. That he is by because I have uh, because I've been given grace through faith, mm-hmm. uh, faith that I cannot choose for myself. Now I have the ability to do these things. So it's God doing things in me that result in these good works that I'm doing anyway. Um, and so I really can't take credit for any of it. Which also means the pressure is off me. All I got to do is. Walk in a way that he will. There's somewhere else in scripture. I don't remember where. He says um, there will be a voice behind you telling you this is the way. Walk in it. Mm-hmm. Like wherever you go, there will be a. Vo- I think that's when he's talking to Elijah, or the calling of Elijah. Mm. Um, this is the way. Walk yeah. in it. Yeah. Right. And that's all we have to do. I mean, that's why we spend time in scripture. That's why we meditate on the laws of God. That's why we still talk about the laws of God, even though we are now we now have the Christian freedom that we get through the cross. Right. Is because we want to know the way of the Lord and we want to walk in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, in our discussions in class about this, when we're talking about Moses and how he reacts to God calling him to do this thing, and he says, "Who am I?" You know, like on the one hand, that might come across as like kind of like humble, like, "Oh, you know, who am I to to serve you, Lord?" But when he keeps doing it over and over and over again, and kind of like trying to push off God's call to him, I think that's that's something that that we still do today. I mean. Over and over again, you you doubt yourself. You doubt God's call for yourself. And even in the position we're in and what we're studying for, there's thousands of doubts that fly through your head every single day when you're when you're considering the ministry. And so, it's that fine line between being humble and and recognizing the awe and power of God, and then completely going against His will and what He asks of us. Yeah, and that, I, that's what the tempters put in our mind, right? Like. It would be so much easier if we just didn't have to be have to act this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's sticking the fork in you, right? And like taking you one little piece at a time. Yeah. yeah. What, what about verse fourteen? <laughs> Sorry, that flew over my head for a minute. Uh, what about <laughs> verse fourteen? When we took that test, did you have one that you picked? One suggestion for yeah, this? Yeah, I am who I am. So, um, to get a little nerdy about the Hebrew, yep, yep, when yep. when it says I am who I am. Uh, that's pretty much universally the way we always translate it, and everybody agrees that that's the best way to translate it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of different options. So it could be I am what I am. It could be I am who I am. But it's a person speaking, so we usually mm-hmm. say who. But it also could be what. So like, what are you, God? Because I am what I am, or I am who I am. Yeah. But So Hebrew verb tenses don't work the same way English does. Like in English, we have... You know, present tense and future tense and past tense or whatever. In Semitic languages like this, they have finished action and unfinished action. Mm-hmm. Right? And when he says, I am who I am, um, it's unfinished action. So it's something that isn't complete. So you could legitimately translate this, I am what I will be, or I am who I will be. Yeah. You could also translate this, I am what I've been. You could say, I will be what I've been. Nope. You could say, oh, so just, and the list just goes on and on. Yeah. You can yeah, kind of so use your almost, imagination from there. Yeah. So it's almost, an ex- so it is an expression of God being eternal then. Yeah, I think I think it's a... And then also like not physical and also yeah. not like indescribable in, his, in a physical sense, indescribable in a spiritual sense, indescribable in a time sense, indescribable mm-hmm. in a power and authority sense. I took I took it as a promise that still holds true to us today. I'm like I will be who I always have been. Like it's it's a promise that you see that God has 
carried along humanity from the minute that we fell, and he's promised to give us a way out, and that promise still holds true for us today. He will be who he always has been, the same loving God who has our best interest at heart. Yeah. yeah. And if you're somebody that has had a, like a liberal, liberal arts education, you've probably studied a little bit of philosophy along the way, right? Or if you've read C.S. Lewis, but if you've been to like, especially if it's a secular, um, especially if it's a secular um, liberal, liberal, lip, yeah, words are hard today, aren't this. they? Liberal arts school, you've probably studied some philosophy, right? And you've recognized that um, the Greeks and the, uh, for lack of a better word, the Germans, um, even up through like Nietzsche and some of these other guys, um, but then also in the Eastern world, they all had this idea that there was something that is beyond us, right? Something that's greater than us or bigger than us or beyond us, mm. something that we don't quite grasp or understand, and that religion is the thing that's trying to explain all of that. That's that thing that the thing that evolution can't explain, the thing the Big Bang theory can't explain. Because even if you follow the Big Bang theory all the way back to the bang, you still got to go. Well, what caused the yeah, bang? Something right? had to bang. And so now you got Elon Musk saying, "Well, it's the multiverse, right?" Um, well, then who created all the verses in the multiverse, <laughs> right? Just that, con- mm-hmm. that question continues to go. And so throughout time, going back thousands and thousands of years, really as long as there's been written language. There have been people asking this question is, what is that thing that exists out there? And so the, in the Eastern world, they call it the Tao, right? And if you've read mm. C.S. Lewis, he talks about the mm. Tao a lot. Mm. Um, in the Greek world, they had a couple of different names for it, the Lugus, which should sound familiar to you if you're familiar with uh, any of the Greek at all in First John, or in John chapter 1. Yeah. Um, where, so the word that the Greeks used for this uh, kind of life force that's beyond human nature that kind of was this God force, then... The Bible identifies that thing, which is in, like that concept, which is found in all philosophy around the world, as Jesus, right? Well, um, but then yeah, God, there was yeah, my favorite. That mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite one is there was a Greek. I don't remember what his name was, but it's a Greek philosopher who came up with this idea of something of which nothing greater can be conceived. So there is something in the world. Um, there is something that exists beyond which nothing greater can be conceived, right? And so um, if, if, if I can think of something, it has to exist even if it only exists in my brain, right? And so there's something, like, there will eventually be a point where I can't imagine anything greater. And what can that be other than, if you want to call it God, if you want to call it life, if you want to call it the Lugus or the Tower, whatever. And so when God says, I am who I am, he's saying, I am that thing that the philosophers, probably also in Egypt, have been talking about that thing which nothing greater understand. can be conceived. Yeah. Oh, Anselm was that guy. There we go. Good Good looking out. Mm-hmm. So whether you're talking about Anselm or you're talking about um, the newer philosophers or the ancient philosophers or mm-hmm. probably even philosophers before the flood, right? This thing that everybody written into their soul knows ex- that exists that's kind of beyond the material world that we don't quite understand he says, that's what I am. Yeah. And I don't think any philosopher throughout history has debated that, well, at least not harshly debated that until the modern world, which mm-hmm. within the last hundred years is when we really begin to see that yeah. downward and, and, turn. And, you know, all the, all the modern atheists want to hitch their wagon to Nietzsche, right? Yeah. And Nietzsche. Nietzsche definitely was an atheist, but he also didn't deny that there was this unexplainable force. Yeah. Um, and so even the greatest, in quotation marks, the greatest minds of atheism still can't explain you know those big questions and there has to be something more yep and god says that's me yeah 
Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Awesome, fellas. Glad to have you on the show again. We'll keep cranking out episodes for you. Um, it'll probably be a little bit of a gap in a couple of months when we all move and go home and all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But uh, we're going to keep cranking out episodes for you, so stay tuned for those. A reminder that if you're going to Men of Truth this weekend, it'd be March 26th, I believe. Um, you go find Gus at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're there and say hi to him, grab yourselves a Gird Up sticker or two. Um, and then if you're in the Milwaukee area on April 3rd, so it'd be Monday, April 3rd, or the first Monday of April, um, I will be speaking at 8 p.m. at Wisconsin Lutheran College. So if you're in the Milwaukee area, make sure you stop on by for that as well. We'd love to see you there. Um, God's blessings to you all, gentlemen. Go be the men that God created you to be. We will see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.